Welcome to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association with a message of hope in today's troubled world based on biblical truths. We hope that today's program is enlightening and inspirational. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, Dr. Daniel Harris, and our producer, Ed Salzadel, all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. We have had a discussion with Dr. Harris before about where we came from, about whether or not there are heavy elements because of the Big Bang and all of that type of stuff. Carl, you had some stuff from a NOVA program. Actually, it's National Geographic. Ah, and, uh, thank you. It's the uh, broadcast in 2018, and it was a series called This Strange Rock, and one episode was about Genesis. But it was a Genesis according to National Geographic, not according to God. Right. So one of the things that uh, one of the speakers, who was astronaut Mae Jemison, she mentioned that elements are the key components to our body, uh, such as carbon, nitrogen, oxygen. And she said that these are all actually generated inside of stars that exploded. All of this stardust scattered across the universe, clumping together into rocks to form planets like ours. And the great mysteries of Genesis is about how stardust came to life. Now, there are several assumptions being made here, of course. Number one, that planets can come together from chunks of little stuff and form into planets which, scientifically, Daniel can give more information about this, scientifically has never been seen, number one, and mathematically and, and from laws of physics can't happen. And then it also it presupposes that life can come from non-life, which we discussed at a previous episode as well. So I think that this is a lot of assumptions based on very little science, if any science at all. So to call this a scientific program is stretching because science is supposed to be a, things we learn from observation and repeatable testing. And none of this qualifies in the observation and repeatable testing categories. Dr. Harris, when in the pre-program when we were talking about this, you said that the abundances of elements, something to say in this conversation. Go ahead. Well, the interesting thing that I find about the abundances of the elements is that there is no equilibrium between stars and the interstellar medium. That is, the stuff that the stars are supposed to come out of, which is the gas and dust, if you look at its chemistry, it's different from the stars that are supposed to be made out of them. So how can it be that the chemistry of the gas and dust, which is wrong for making stars, can make stars of this different chemistry? It doesn't work. We notice there are certain stars that have an underabundance of carbon, nitrogen, and oxygen, and an overabundance of iron-like elements and there are other stars that have an overabundance of carbon, nitrogen, and oxygen, and an underabundance of the heavy elements. Well, none of this makes any sense if these stars are actually made by condensing gas clouds into stars. The fact is that the best models for the making of stars and solar systems do not give us the formation of solar systems anything like what we see and that they don't go beyond the stage of making objects the size of footballs. 
That is, if you start condensing gas and dust, and you allow it to cool and make tiny grains of dust, the grains of dust allegedly clump together in order to make bigger things. The problem is that they never get bigger than about the size of a football or a basketball. And if they never get bigger than that, then you never have planets. Now, the other thing is that, in fact, these gas clouds never do collapse. They really never do collapse. So we've got the fact that they never collapse, the fact that if they did collapse, they wouldn't produce planets. This all has a serious question about whether this fairy tale story that the astronomers tell has any credibility at all. There's another important element that is frequently missed, and that is lithium. Lithium is supposed to be made in the Big Bang, and it's supposed to be made in abundance in the Big Bang. The problem is that the, the stars that are supposed to be made out of the Big Bang stuff are deficient by a factor of three or four compared to what the lithium is supposed to be from the Big Bang. If you actually look at the Big Bang as a generator of the atoms that we see in the universe, it doesn't work. If you look at the stars and rocks and you see them, they are not the kind of stuff that would actually form out of the gas and dust between the stars. So all of the, the key links, the key steps are unbridgeable. You can't make stars, you can't make planets. You can't make them the, out of the right chemistry, and none of this works in terms of the Big Bang. You paint a lot of problems for the Big Bang cosmology, which is accepted in uh, secular science today. One of the interesting things that always hits me is that there are five theories about how you could make a star or solar system come together, and all of these five theories for how you make a star require other stars to already be in existence. The one exception to that is with with good fairy of dark matter and dark energy coming into the process to try and because they get, actually give those uh, substances qualities which they have never been observed for, but they tell a just so story. Yes, dark matter is exactly that. It's it's the fiction that the scientists invent in order to escape from the fact that their theories don't work. Because otherwise you can't get a nebular hypothesis to work yeah. in terms of the formation of a solar system or a star. You don't get stars, you don't get galaxies, you don't get planets, you don't get anything else. You're listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reid, Dr. Carl Williams, and Dr. Daniel Harris. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A dot org. We continue today to talk about where everything came from. Carl, you have a thought. Well, just to Will Smith, who hosted this particular episode of National Geographic, made a quote, says, says, you, me, the dog, we're all made of the same dead dust that built the planet. It's just mixed up different. The big mystery is, what's the mixer? Now, all through this documentary, it's supposed to be leading up to the answer. But that answer is never given. So they end the program with the, the quote that, think of the fragile moment billions of years ago when you and I and all of us began. It's that moment that nothing turned to something that stardust sparkled to life. Now, they started with essentially a, a, the premise that this was a scientific exploration of truth, 
and ended up with a fairy tale answer. Sprinkling fairy dust. And this is passes for science on National Geographic. Well, National <clears throat> Geographic is noted for major lapses, as they did when they accepted as valid vessels that came out of China that were hoaxes and hoaxes. so on. Mm -hmm. So National Geographic is not exactly your best source for the truth on such important issues. In terms of the, the biology of, of this, in order to make a cell, you need at least, at least 300 types of enzymes. And you need DNA, and you need RNA, and you need all of these things, and you need them all at the same time, and they must all be designed precisely to work together like the parts of an auto engine. Now, where does the design information come from? They don't talk about that. The design information, in order to make something that's living, has to come from outside of the naturalistic process. The naturalistic process can continue life once it exists, but the, the beginning of life, you need this information in order to make all of the stuff come together at the same time. Dean Kenyon, who was the leader of the, of the people who thought that, that biology could explain the origin of these things, uh, finally threw up his hands and said, this naturalistic origin of the cell just doesn't work. I was making a comment earlier that you kind of giggled at, and that was astronomers is that they can't get into their own laboratory. Exactly. What is meant by that statement? Well, I've never been to the stars, and I don't know of any astronomer <laughs> that has been. They can only <coughs> passively observe what comes to them in the form of light and other forms of electromagnetic radiation, and maybe even cosmic rays that come in from outer space. We can look at those. But in terms of actually doing an experiment and tweaking a star, getting it to do something different because we want to do an experiment, we can't do ex Astronomers don't do experiments. In fact, that was one of the reasons why I became an astronomer was because I figured if I was an astronomer, no matter what I did, it wasn't going to cause anybody to die on planet <laughs> Earth. <laughs> Actually, you could be wrong about that. If astronomers tell us that everything started from the Big Bang and convince people that there is no need for God, then perhaps astronomy can be more dangerous than you possibly imagined. Well, I was thinking about I would not personally be able to do anything that would cause people to die on planet Earth. Hmm. That is exactly how it's turned out because I have come to a knowledge of the truth. But we need to acknowledge the limitation. There could be different physics out there somewhere in the universe, and we wouldn't know it, but we are not there to, to be a part of it, observe it, or experiment with it. But that would be against Scripture, because God would not be treating all people. I'm, if there's somebody out there to observe it, and it's behaving differently than <clears throat> the laws of physics here, then God becomes a respecter of persons, and the Scripture is clear that that is not who he is. Perhaps, I'll agree with that statement, let's turn that. What I'm saying is there are certain things that occur out there, for example, you have great questions about redshift being a Doppler effect. Yes. Because of different data we've looked at. But we can't get there right now exactly. to test those kind of things. Well, testing in astronomy consists of inventing some kind of situation in which an observation might come up with something that disagrees with what your hypothesis is. So, 
hypothesizing things mm -hmm. that are inconsistent with observations. That's not the same as experiment. The interesting thing that you'd come up from with your professional background is, though, that when you look at everything that's out there, you don't see a proved Big Bang Theory. You don't see a proved nebular hypothesis. And you, as a professional astronomer, do see that the biblical account is just as viable or more viable than anything else that's out there. The Bible gives us good good clues to what's going on out there and actually gives us information that, that the astronomers couldn't come up with. Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. SABSA meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones Maltzberger and Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you missed any part of this show, you can listen to the show anytime by going to the AM630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane. And for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzwell, thanks for listening. And we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible. <laughs>